Well, um, and I would say like, um, they always say it's easier to preach 10 sermons than to listen, uh, to, to live one. And that's certainly true today. Um, I think I might have moments where I listen, but quite often, um, not so, and just getting distracted by many things. So, um, thank all of you for just sharing that your thoughts and your wisdom though, on things you've learned uh, about, about the art and the gift of listening. And I read a poet this week, her name is Felicia Mural. And it's actually a poem about social justice. But she starts off the poem by saying, if we listen, we can hear the forest breathe. And that was just such a beautiful line and we could just spend time with that. If we listen, we can hear the forest breathe, the holy hush of the tree's limb. And just to really be still and to be patient and to hear those things in creation and in our lives. Because there's something that all of you have echoed. There's just something so mystical and magical and deeply spiritual about listening. When we listen, we can listen to the morning trill of a blackbird. We can hear the bell-like song of a Western meadowlark. And it just moves our heart to a different place. We can hear the joy of children playing in the park and it transfers us or transports us to a, a different time of, of innocence and goodness. And we can hear good friends enjoying a heartfelt laugh and relish in that, that love that they share. We can listen to the water cascading over the rocks when I go uh, hiking up at a uh, box canyon to get down in that canyon and just hear that river moving over the rocks. It just, it's just does something. And I especially enjoy hearing the, the fall wind moving through the, the aspen trees. And we also hear each other's life stories. And when we truly listen, we hold those stories in a sacred place and we honor them and their life. And when we listen deeply to our hearts, we move beneath the sounds and beneath the words to a deeper rhythm and a deeper truth, which flows through us like an ancient river. And this is the gift of God's grace. The Reverend uh, David Mathis, he says, Listen is, listening is one of the easiest things we will ever do. And it's also one of the hardest things that we do as well. And I know from my own personal life on, on any given night, uh, Jennifer will say to me, I have something really important I need to tell you. And I will always say, okay, go ahead. <laughs> what do you need to say? And usually I'm mindlessly just surfing through the internet or watching a, a program on TV. And Jennifer will start telling me her story. And as she does this, I'll bend one ear towards her and I'll bend my other ear towards my laptop. And several seconds into her story, she'll look at me and say, are you listening to me? 
And there's really only one way I can answer that question. And I say, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm completely listening to you and I could tell you every word. And I'll even start trying to recite some of the words that she has just said. And she'll look at me again and say, you're not listening to me. And she is right. And there was a wonderful line from Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, we listen with half an ear. So yes, we are listening, but we're listening with half an ear. And maybe this is how we normally listen. We are inattentive. We're impatient. We are distracted by many things, especially all of our devices. And so we listen with half an ear. As many of you said, just on your comments, good listening invites the person to exist and to matter. And poor listening rejects, but good listening embraces and accepts. And think about how it feels when we know someone is truly listening to us. Maybe that's our mother, our father, a mentor, <clears throat> a friend. And as many of you said, when someone hears us and they repeat and say, this is amazing. What a great thought. And to know that we are heard. Deep listening is an act of love. And it is arguably more important than the words we say. And the words we do say, if they are informed by our listening, it completely changes our, our nature and our tone. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how Jesus walked through life. And this ties in so completely with his ability to, to deeply listen to people and how he, he took his sweet time. And because Jesus was not in a hurry, he was able to listen deeply to the rhythms of nature and life and to hear people in an unhurried, that unhurried presence that he had. And I like to say Jesus <clears throat> listened to the words beneath the words. And I think you could use any story, but when that thief on the cross says, Jesus, remember me, think of what lies beneath that statement. Am I okay? Am I worthy? Do I have hope? Am I forgiven? And I think between the time that he says that and Jesus' response, I think there's probably a time lapse. And Jesus thinks about those words. And he tells the thief, I tell you truly today, you will be with me in paradise. And everything Jesus says, he has heard from the Father because he is always listening to God. And because Jesus is always listening to God and experiencing God's presence, God is able to continually teach him and inform him, says the Reverend James Finley. And I don't know about you, but I often forget that Jesus did not begin his life full of wisdom and power in authority. Very much like us, he was born hopeless, helpless, rather not hopeless, but he was born helpless and vulnerable, just like us. But throughout his life, he continues to grow in love and grow in wisdom by listening and by observing. 
and spending that time listening to the voice of God. And we don't know a whole lot about Jesus's childhood, but one of the stories is very revealing about his nature and what is truly important. In Mary and Joseph, I always just find this hard to believe, but it actually happened. Uh, they inadvertently leave him in Jerusalem and they take off without him. And then when they realize he's gone, they return to Jerusalem and, and they find him in the temple. And this picture of Jesus in the temple, and the scripture says, he's sitting among the teachers, the rabbis, and he's listening to them and asking questions. I just love that. Jesus is listening to the teachers and he's asking questions. And Reverend Mathis says, good listening, ask perceptive, open-ended questions that don't tee up simple yes or no answers. But these questions gently peel the onion back and probe beneath the surface. And I would have loved to have been a little fly on the wall hearing the questions that Jesus asked in, in the conversation between him and the rabbis. And in this story, there's a fascinating verse at the end of it. This is in Luke 2.52 that and I remember the first time I read this, it, it just kind of shocked me when I read it. And the verse says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. He continues to grow, continues to mature. And I think it's because he listens. Finley uh, says, Jesus comes into the fullness of his life, fullness of his being rather by faithfully listening to his great teacher. He's always listening. And so it's important for us today to ask ourselves, who do we listen to? What do we listen to? What or who informs our thoughts and our way of life? In the very first words in the rules of uh, in the rule of Saint Benedict, begin this way: Listen. The first thing Saint Benedict says is, "Listen, listen, child of God. Attend to the message you hear with the ear of your heart." And I love that. Listen with the ear of our heart. And so how do we truly listen to one another with the ear of our heart? And I remember when I first moved to, to Mancus nearly 17 years ago, there was an, an elderly Navajo man who would stop by my office every two or three months. And he would greet me with a traditional Navajo language. And he would sit down and I always just remembered how unhurried he was. He was never desperate. He was just at peace. And he would sit down and he would start telling me about his journey that day. And he would always start off. I started off this morning in Gallup. And he'd start telling me about his entire day. And I was impatient. <laughs> I was in, in a hurry. And his story would just wind back all the way to his childhood and all the memories and the, the highs and the lows and all the experiences that he had. And he would just go on and on with the story. And I was always thinking, why doesn't he just get to the point? 
He just, he wants some gas to get back to Gallup. Why doesn't he just ask for the gas? And he would tell me these stories about his life and everything that had happened and brought him to that point. <clears throat> and at the end of his story, he would say, may I have some gas to get back to Gallup? And it took me over a year with him coming in every two or three months. It took me over a year to realize that I was the one who was missing the point. He just needed someone to hear and to hold and to acknowledge his story. And the Reverend Janet Dunn says, good listening often diffuses emotions that are a part of the story. And the speaker may neither want nor expect us to say anything in response. It's just healing to hear another person's story. The act of listening is the beginning of love. And the author of James wisely writes, let every person be quick to hear. Let every person be quick to hear. And my prayer for all of us today is that we may listen with the ear of our heart and let us transform not only us, but the person who is sharing with us as well. Amen.